We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Packaday Podcast. I'm Paul Brattle filling in for Jason Perone, but I do have Mark Eckel joining me as always. And Mark, I'm always excited when I get the opportunity to talk Packers football with you. So Juan, how are you doing? And how's the weather down there in Myrtle Beach? I'm doing well and the, the weather is beautiful. 75, uh, sunny. Now we're supposed to, this is Thursday. Um, Today is going to be nice. The weekend, though, Easter weekend, we're calling for some rain. But that's oh. that's what are you going to do, right? Well, hopefully, it doesn't put too much. How's that? How cool time? How, <laughs> exactly. How has has springtime hit Green Bay yet? Yeah, it's barely getting here. I threw my snowblower okay. got a workout through February and March, um, and now we're approaching her. some sixties, which okay. feels absolutely amazing. Some I think we're over the hump. Yeah. And still might be some, you know, 30, 40 days, but we're past the the hard part of winter. So looking forward no to snow. it. No, no more snow. snow. Fingers crossed. Knock yeah. on wood, all, right. all that stuff. <laughs> Until I think it's going to snow today. Whatever day they trade Aaron Rodgers, it's going to snow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so for today's going away, <laughs> Yeah, right. 
So for today's episode, Mark and I are going to be covering three of the uh, top running backs in this year's draft class. Bijan Robinson from Texas, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, and Devin Achain a from Texas A&M. And then we'll kind of give our general thoughts on the running back position as a whole and how it applies to the Green Bay Packers. But Mark, let's start off with who is considered or is the top running back in this class and also just one of the top draft prospects overall on many big boards, Bijan Robinson from Texas. So he measures in at 5'11", 215, as expected, posted an elite RAS score of 9.81 out of 10. It's averaged almost six yards per carry the last two seasons, 29 touchdowns, uh, incredibly effective uh, out of the backfield as well. There's really nothing he can't do. He can win with power. He can win with speed. He can win on the inside. He can win on the outside. There's a reason he's a top back in this class. And Mark, and over at Packer Report, you had uh, an article where you got some insights as well from some uh, NFL scouts on each of these running backs. So what have you seen and what did they have to say about Robinson? Well, first they, you know, let's talk about the, um, he, yeah, he's a, he's the, he's the real deal there. There's no doubt about it. He's good. He's a consensus. Number one, the, the quote, I'll give you the quote of just about him was he's really, really good. I think he's one of the best players in the draft. He's not just a good runner. He'll be a good re- receiver as well. And then um, just in talking, I didn't use this quote, but, a guy that he gets compared to a little bit going back is Marshall Falk. Wow. Who's one of the greatest. I mean, I he, I remember him with the, you know, the, with uh-huh. the Rams, you know, part of that greatest show on turf. Um, the thing is now, he could be, if this was 10 years ago, he'd go in the top 10, maybe even top five or six. But running backs just don't go high anymore. So I don't know where. I don't know where he's going to end up. He's first round for for sure, but he may drop into the twenties just because mm-hmm. that's what running backs people don't take running backs. Mm-hmm. Do, do you agree with that, or do, do you think somebody says no? He he's too too good. We have to take him. I I honestly could see it either way. It's so tough to predict because, like you said, he's you know not just a top running back. He's one of the top players in this draft, and so. You know, if he goes before the Packers at 15, I wouldn't be surprised. But if he ends up in the early 20s, too, just because of the value of the running back position, I, I think all of it's really in play. And just based on our, our back and forth here, you know, if he does get to 15, it sounds like we both agree that that even as good of a player as he is, he isn't going to be on the Packers radar. Am I reading that correctly from, from your I perspective? Agree. Yeah, I don't. I, I know there are people that think that wouldn't be a bad pick, but. I, I, it's hard to be critical if the Packers took him at 15. It's hard to criticize taking a very, very good player. But if he is Marshall Falk, my God, that why wouldn't you want that? But if <laughs> I know, I the Packers, if, if that was all they need, if, if this team was set and they were deep everywhere and they, they didn't have any major need, sure, just take, take the guy and then you know, work him in with Aaron Jones and AJ, whatever. But no, the Packers have too many other glaring needs mm-hmm. to take a running back at, at, at 15. Here, here's a quote from that same scout that talked about Robin. Here's a quote of what we're talking about. Um, first, he says it's a good group of, of running backs, talking about not about the, the entire uh, draft. He says, but you know, nobody cares about running backs anymore. Those top two, and we'll get to the next guy in, in, in a second. Those top two are two of the better players in the draft but they'll fall because running backs fall. 
There are there are some other good backs too, but 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 they'll go the end of day two or early day three. It's not a bad year to it's not a bad year to to need a back. Yeah, and and I agree with what you said about from the Packers' perspective when it comes to Robinson. You know, the draft is it's it's about planning ahead too. And I think we'll touch on this more here in a bit. And there becomes some uncertainty looking ahead to 2024. But in terms of how you would consistently get AJ Dillon, who you spent a second round pick on, Aaron Jones, who you're you know taking a big cap hit for, and is one of the best running backs in the league, and then trying to get Robinson touches, like it's 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 just too tall. You know, that's a really difficult thing to do. So I agree with you that it just that that's just not in play for the Packers at 15. I wouldn't think, right? I mean, no. no. It just although, like, well, I, I said what what I would if they did take him, would you be like, oh no, that's terrible? Or would you be like, that's because <laughs> I I wouldn't be, oh, it's terrible because of who the player is, but I would be very surprised and would would question it. I, I would for just for the reasons. Described. Well, what I, I mean, if, if, if they were to do that, then I would hope that in the next hour they trade AJ Dillon or something or something, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah, that, that's I guess that's where I was going with it. And how are you going to fit playing time for all three of those guys regularly? Yeah, and and you know maybe there maybe there's a way out there, but it just again it just doesn't make sense from that perspective. Right. Anything I else on Robinson? That's all. I mean, he's he's really really good, and, mm-hmm. and he'll will be a first, he's definitely a first rounder. Just a matter of does a team break the we don't take a running back early thing and take him, or does he go? He'll go in the twenties. I mean, I I could see any anyone from the Chargers, the uh, the Cowboys, the Bill, the Bills. If he can fall that far, I I think he's a Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he gets past. I could even see the Bills moving up to get him, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because once you get past the the 15s and into the 20s, you're now or into teams who have had success and uh, they're, you know, just have, based on records, most likely a better roster built where they can, you know, go for a player like that rather than trying to, you know, go for the more of the value pick, like it's basically where the Packers have to be or have a ton of needs to fill like the Packers do. All right, so next up, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Gibbs is 5'9", 199 pounds, right. posted a RAS of 7.91. And I know every year that we've done these, I always talk about the RAS. And just reason for that, out of Gudikin's 42 draft picks that have posted a RAS, uh, 31 have scored above 8.0. 19 of the 31 have been above 9.0. So not the be-all, end-all by any means. There's, of course, a million factors that go into this. But it has given us a little bit of insight into who may or may not be on the Packers radar. So Jameer Gibbs registered a 7.9. And uh, for him, I believe what brought that score down a little bit was uh, just his size tested well at the, at the NFL combine. And he had 136 rush attempts in 2022 for reference. Uh, Robinson had 278, but where uh, Gibbs was, really used was in that Alabama passing game. He had 93 targets over the last two seasons, averages an impressive uh, almost 12 yards per catch, which is really, really good for a running back, caught 84% of his passes, and 25% of his snaps came from either being lined up in the slot or out wide. So a lot of the uh, aspects of Gibbs' game, you know, it fits with what we know Matt LaFleur wants to do 
you know, we see him do that with Aaron Jones, split him, put him in the slot, put him out wide, have Jones be a big part of the passing game. And what I thought was interesting was uh, Lance Zerline over at NFL.com, his NFL comp for Gibbs was Alvin Kamara, a very dynamic yeah. pass catching running back. Um, also does well as, as a ball carrier as well. So Mark, what kind of insights did you have about Gibbs? That's an excellent, I think that's an excellent comparison, Alvin Kamara, who's as important to the Saints in the passing game as he is mm-hmm. as a running back. So uh, the scout went along with that. Uh, his first quote was not as, as you mentioned, his, his size. But he said, he's, he, he's not as big as I, as I like, but he's pretty tough for his size. He's, what makes him special is he's a, a very good re, re, receiver. He's a guy that, that'll be on the field for all three downs. So you don't have to, you know, he's not the kind of guy that, like a lot of running backs, you play him first down, second down, you take him out on passing downs because he's not a great receiver or whatever. Mm-hmm. This guy, like you said, as good a receiver as, as he is a runner. Um, one person that I that, that I talked to, and only one, <laughs> actually thinks likes him better than Robinson. Oh, now, wow. that was that's in a minority there. So I'm, I'm not. I I think most people have Robinson one and Gibbs two. Um, I think he can go. I think he'll go late first round. I, I think he'll go after Robinson, but he could be again those same teams that if Robinson were to go early, then mm-hmm. I think some of those teams that we talked about picking, you know, in, into the twenties, like I said, the you know the Bills, Cowboys. Um, I think who else is down there that might need a running back? Um, the Bills are the one. The Bills are the team that really jumps out at me because they they mm-hmm. I think they want to. They I think they Josh Allen can't continue to be their leading rusher. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, obviously Robinson of his caliber, he's a player who fits on any team. But when it comes to Gibbs, his just the skill set that we talked about specifically, like I mentioned, I feel like that's just a very Packers Matt Lafleur esque type of running back that they're looking for. And I know Lance Zerline mentioned as well. In addition to that NFL or to that comp, Talvin Kamara, he wrote that uh, Gibbs' versatility will give creative play callers the opportunity to exploit defenses regularly. And we know Matt LaFleur coming from that McVay Shanahan coaching tree, that, that creativity, that illusion of complexity that he's always chasing, you know, a player like Gibbs would, I think be a really good fit here in green Bay. Now with that said, I don't think he's going to be in green Bay, but from, (laughs) but from a a fit standpoint, I I think there's a lot that makes sense there. Oh yeah. And see, it's, if this was next year, Mm-hmm. Let's all right. Let let let's talk about our third guy, okay. and then we'll get into what the Packers could right. or couldn't do this year. So next up, Devin, a chain from Texas A and M. So he's five eight, hundred eighty eight pounds. Posted a relative athletic score of six point eight eight, and again that lower RAS score. A lot of it has to do with just his size. He is speedy. Ran a four three four, uh, forty yard dash at the NFL Combine. In 2022, he averaged over five and a half yards per carry, eight touchdowns, uh, again, was uh, pretty prominent in the Texas A&M passing game, 44 targets, caught 82% of those passes, 5.4 yards per catch, three touchdowns. Uh, And even though, you know, smaller in frame, uh, he finished actually 11th out of all running backs last year in average yards after contact. So he was a physical runner difficult to bring down and also 18th out of all running backs and rushes of 10 or more yards. Uh, so Mark, what, what do you, what do you have on the chain? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, like, again, what you said, he, uh, the, the quote was he's fast, real fast. And it's not just straight line speed. 
he can really run. He's a home run hitter, big play threat. Then he said, but the one knock is he has small hands. So you have to hope he's, he holds on to the ball better, you know. Mm-hmm. Running backs with small hands could be a problem, especially if they're playing in Green Bay or Buffalo or somewhere cold. Cold right? places, yeah. Um, so, but it, I mean, I, I think he'll be a. I don't know where I think he goes. Maybe uh, there's a couple of backs I like better than him, to be honest. But um, I think he goes third round, maybe mm-hmm. around there. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's that's maybe a fair. Second, probably third. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment somewhere on day two. Um, and you mentioned the other running backs. I know that uh, a lot of the, like a uh, Dane Brugler of the athletic uh, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com. They both talked about the depth of his draft class being, or at the running back position, you know, being in those middle rounds. And I guess we can transition in that next portion of the conversation. Cause I, I do think that the Packers with one of their 10 draft picks, I do think that they're going to take a running back. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be in this early portion of the draft, but in the the middle, the rounds three, four, five, like I said, Brugler, Jeremiah said, that's really where the heart of this running back position is. And there's going to be a ton of, I believe, you know, they said starters, I think was their term or that you can find in that portion of the draft. And so I think that that could be a sweet spot for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so Mark, if you want to expand a little bit, you said you do think the Packers are going to yeah. use a draft pick on that well, position. Think, well, only because I'm 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 basing it off past history under Brian Gutenkunst. In that, I mean, if you look at the Packers roster right now, and and you did, um, uh, you I think you you did a story the other day for was it one of your people <laughs> where you broke it down p- position by position. Running back is certainly not one of the Packers bigger needs. Like we said, they have Aaron Jones, who's one of the top backs in the league, AJ Dillon, a second round pick who is, who has done well. Um, maybe not, you know, as well as a second round pick, but anyway, he's They have two very good backs. However, AJ Dillon's in the final year of his contract and Aaron mm-hmm. Jones took a pay cut this year. Um, is he here ne- next year? Who knows what, who knows what the Packers are going to look like next year, but there's a chance he's not here next year. Yep. Dylan is a free agent next year. Um, if you go back to, to the year that they drafted A.J. Dillon, they had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Running back was not considered a big need, but both Williams and Jones were going to be free agents And after that year. And they, the Packers probably knew they weren't keeping both of them, and they, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They kept Jones. They lost Williams. They probably thought it was going to be the other way around, but, but as it turned out, it worked out that they, they were able to keep Aaron Jones. Um, so, you know, and Gutenkunst kind of likes to do that. He likes to kind of draft a year ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, like I said, I'm, I'm with you that I think they take a back, not early, not, mm-hmm. I don't think till they, I think maybe with their fourth round pick or one of their mm-hmm. two fifth round picks. Um, and let's see what they actually have when they're going to have some other picks, apparently. Apparently they're <laughs> trading the quarterback and getting some, I don't know. That's what I hear. Um, Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I, I think they'll. I, so I, I guess he's going to New England now, right? Yeah, or the Niners. It's all, it's it's all over the place at this point. But f- for the reasons you mentioned, I, that's exactly why I think they'll take one too. Dylan's a free agent, may or may not be back. Jones's cap number next season's over seventeen million. It's the final year of his contract. Which, you know, so they, 
I, can they I, do anything I, next year or no? Okay. I guess they could, they could extend them again and lower that, it. But. That's basically what it would have to be. They've already used three void years. I think the max right. is four, so they could add on one more, but that's just further kicking the can down the road. There's little cap saving on. No, I mean, can they just tear the, Can they just give them a brand new contract next year? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, they could. I think that's in play if they would want to do that at that point. That'll be his, yeah, age, be- his age 30 season. So. Yeah, see, that's that's where running backs kind of hit the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's already, I mean, he's already been on a bit of a snap count, you know, just to, you know, help him get through the season at times. So, I, I agree that I think it's very much in play for those reasons. And right. one thing that I still remember, it was before it was during the twenty or prior to the twenty twenty draft before they took AJ Dillon. Matt LaFleur in one of his press conferences sat there and talked about the value of having a third running back on the roster. And other than that season when they had Jones Williams Dillon and Dillon didn't get a ton of opportunities, you know, we haven't really seen the Packers have that third option. And when I say that, that's not to, you know, they're going to split the carries, you know, a third, a third, a third. But if you have someone that you can lean on that could take four or five snaps a game, you know, all of a sudden over the course of the season, you know, that's a hundred plus snaps ish rough math in my head here, uh, you know, that Dylan Jones don't have to have. So I, I think for those reasons, and like I said, that's something that stuck with me as to, 
why they could go running back uh, in this draft here. I mean, that the Packer, I mean, if they were not to take a running back in this draft, that means that they, they like Patrick Taylor and the, and the Goodson kid, who are both still on the roster, more than we realize. Mm-hmm. And they think they could be the third back going, mm-hmm. you know, going forward. But, but I think I, 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 I just go back to what they did a couple of years ago when they did take Dylan and they took him in the second round, which was earlier than I thought they would take a running back. And I don't think they're going to take one in the second round this year, but if Jones and Dylan are not on the team next year, then whoever the guy they take in this draft is going to be looking at being running back one next. Right. I mean, although mm-hmm. they'll probably take another one, if they lost both of them, I would guess they would take a running back again, maybe earlier next year as well. But, um, and now you, you have a, point that you think they might take a certain kind of running back Um, yeah so i wrote a article over at packers wire here recently about how i think the packers need to specifically fill that gadget motion role on offense and it's something that they've kind of done here and there you know tyler irvin filled it at one point briefly Uh, They signed Tavon Austin in the middle of one season and he got some snaps in that capacity, but they never truly had someone where, you know, that was a large part of their role on this Packers team. And I think it can be an an important role within Matt LaFleur's offense. And again, that's within the context of it being a gadget motion player. This isn't, you know, your wide receiver. This isn't your running back position, but there's a role that can be carved out each week for that player. And I think, with Jordan Love under center, we're going to see more motion from this Packers offense. So that in itself creates a larger opportunity for that type of player. And what that does is one, obviously if you have a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands, there's the opportunity for big play potential. But in addition to that, you know, you have that player in motion. It it creates mismatches for the offenses. I mean, when they're moving pre-snap, it can change the responsibilities, you know, last second for, uh, certain defensive players forces them to make adjustments on the fly. When the ball snap, there's that split second to decipher. Does the quarterback have it? Does the ball carrier have it? And sometimes that's all it takes for an offensive lineman to get into a better position at the second level for a block or for a passing lane to open. You know, I talked about it or mentioned it earlier, the illusion of complexity that Matt LaFleur talks about. You know, basically it's keeping defenses off balance. It's it's running the similar play, but from a variety of formations, it's running like plays that end differently and having that element can help them achieve that. And also what that does very importantly, what that does is it helps make things easier on Jordan love as well. And that's obviously anytime you can do that for your first year starting quarterback in some capacity, that that's a good thing. So they again, may have think- that guy. they may have that guy on the roster and I'm you're thinking Keyshawn Nixon, who we talked about earlier, who they said might use some offense, but they have another guy as well that I think as, as I'm hearing you say, yes, Bo Melton. Yep. yep. Who has I, a ton of speed. He does. He ran a four, three, four coming out of last year's draft. Yes. And so since I'll expound on that. So I mentioned three players, Bo Melton as guys on the roster, mm-hmm. uh, Keyshawn Nixon, and LaFleur talked about him getting some offensive snaps. But I think if you have someone specifically devoted to that role, you know, yes, you could still use Nixon. But remember, he's, at least from what we've heard, he's going to have every opportunity to be the starting slot cornerback. Right. He's still going to be doing kickoffs as well. So now yeah. if you're incorporating him on offense, like that, that's a lot. That's too much. That's, yeah, that's too much. And then uh, the other name I brought up was Christian Watson. We saw him 
you know, used a little bit like that in that capacity last year, but his best value to this Packers team is being a receiver. It's being out on the boundary, making plays there. And so every time that he's, and not that it's going to be this, you know, exorbitant amount each week, but every time that he's in motion or used on jet sweeps, you know, he's not out there running routes as well. So those are the three guys that I mentioned. And of the three, I think, you know, Melton has the (laughs) best opportunity just given the other responsibilities that the other two players have (laughs) to carve out a a spot in that role. So in in this draft, if they were to draft that guy, what running backs are you looking at that could fill that or fill it, not just fill that role, but if the Packers are going to take a running back early day three, give me, give me a Mm -hmm. guy or two that you think is a possibility. So three running back names that I mentioned in that article, we talked about one of them, Devin Achain, just because of that speed that he has. Uh, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. And then uh, Keaton Mitchell from Eastern Carolina. He's uh, similar to Achain, another undersized running back, but uh, quick. He actually led college football last year in runs of 10 or more yards. So those are some options. And then even some receivers, uh, Darius Davis from TCU, Trey Tucker, Cincinnati, Malik Flowers, Montana. Again, those are receivers, not running backs, but those are guys I think could help fit that mold as well. But I think just having that element is would be much more valuable this year for the Packers with Jordan Love under center. I guess any thoughts on anything like rebuttal that on anything yeah, that well, I mentioned? Uh, well, I, I like Deuce Vaughn a lot. I think that would be a nice pick, but I got it. I know you're into like trends and how Goody does things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in all, in in his drafts, I mean, he has five. He's had about five five drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is his sixth draft, right? Yep. In his five drafts, he's only taken two players out of the Big Twelve. Really, they I didn't both know that. Seventh, and they were both in the seventh round, so they were kind of afterthoughts. Vernon Scott uh-huh. and uh, Guy Summers. Okay. Yep. The only two that they're they're the only. So for some reason, I mean, he passed on a an all pro center from the Big Twelve to take <laughs> Myers out of Ohio State because he loves the Big Ten and he obviously doesn't think much of the Big Twelve. So I don't know if he's going to take a running back from Kansas State or not. But um, I like the I, like I said I would like Vaughn. Um, I don't know if if a chain is still around. I don't know if we'll be there. He might. Um, mm-hmm. The running I, I'm, I'm going to give you a running back that that I like for the Packers. Maybe not for your role, but just as a guy that mm-hmm. to be the third back um, is. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Tajay Spears from Tul- Tulane. Oh, yep, yep. Um, and my and my my quote on on him was, he's not an every down back, but he's an excellent third down back. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good quickness, and he and he could catch the ball out of the backfield. He can break one on you too. Um, you know, he he's not a guy that you're going to use all the like you know as your guy. But the Packers aren't looking. I mean, at least for now, they're they're, they're not looking for a, a, you know, a bell cow. They're looking for a, a guy that, like you said that can that can take up some space, some snaps from from Dylan and Jones. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like him a little bit. Now this guy, I don't know if he'll be around. I don't know when he's gonna he he could go in that before the Packers are ready to take a running back. Is uh, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA? Yep. Um, my. <laughs> One guy told me that he's he's a poor man's AJ Dillon. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but but he's a lot. But basically, he's a lot like AJ Dillon, though. Which is if, so if 
if the plan is that you're not going to bring AJ Dillon back, then let's get another AJ Dillon, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll throw out one other name too that I like as a mid to late day three option. Uh, Evan Hull from Northwestern. He was the top uh, mm-hmm. receiving running back in college football last season. And again, right. I feel like in our conversation, I keep going back to that. But that's just obviously such that's an important, game. such a, he know, likes big game. that's obviously such an important part of playing running back in Matt LaFleur's offense. And as Mark said, as he's pointing out, as he's pointing out conferences here, we, I guess we should just focus on who's from the sec, right? Under duty. (laughs) Yeah. SEC and big 10. He's taking, you know, Ari's from Michigan and Ryan from Michigan, uh, Savage from Maryland. Mm -hmm. He's taking some big 10 guys. And and, Hey, listen, if you're only going to take guys out of the sec and the big 10, that's, that's okay with me. Cause they're two pretty good conferences. It's not like, you know, um, but um, what I was going to say about the running back situation is it's in, uh, what they do will let us know what they think. And I, I don't, I, I'm sure they have thoughts now. What I think what happens in 2023 will, could change those thoughts, but they have to know now if they think they're going to bring Dylan back next year, right? If, if they plan on all making yeah, an offer. I think they have some sort of idea. Yeah. Or they, or the other way, or, or they, all right, listen, we'll play one more year and we're going to let them go. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, one or the other, they, they have something in their head. And then I guess he could change their mind either way by having a great year. He changes their mind. Maybe, you know, or if he doesn't, if he has a down year, then they could, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, yep. I think they're running, obviously with a new quarterback and a young quarterback who, um, I don't know if you've been listening to, I've been, I'm the, I think Jordan Love's going to be fine. I really do. I, I think that's, the least that are Packers problems, not the least, but mm-hmm. it's not a problem. Jordan Love's going to be fine. I really believe that. And I, and I love everything I'm hearing working. He's already then he's in green Bay working out. He wants to work out with the receiver. I mean, he's doing all he's saying and doing everything mm-hmm. that you want him to say and do. So that's a good thing, but the running game is going to be important. Very, it, it, oh. I mean, it was important the last couple of years, obviously, right. but he's going to take on even more importance because probably love probably won't change those running plays to passing plays that, that get called all the time. Probably not. And obviously we both sit here and we've spent time talking how we think a running back is going to be drafted. But if there is one position that you can really rebuild and tinker with on the fly, it is also running back. So, yeah. you know, if they don't take one and they get to next year and let's say both Dylan and Jones are gone, I mean, you draft one, you draft one on day two, you sign a low cost veteran. I mean, you can still have a, a, you know, and then you take maybe a guy in round six, like you can still have an an effective room as well. So I just wanted to add that caveat too, where it's not, you know. Yeah. I I won't be, I won't be upset or Mm -hmm. even like surprised if they don't take a running back. Mm -hmm. I just think like you said, with the extra picks they have, you know, they have an extra five. They got all those sevens. Yeah. Who knows? They, they might be moving around. They might get it. They're going to get, they're probably going to get some other picks this year. I just think that, but again, it depends on their board. And as mm-hmm. if running backs, if there's a run on running backs early mm-hmm. and they, once they like are gone, they're not going to reach for one. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. It's had to add that caveat. So it's, we weren't put in the same bucket as tight end and safety like a year ago where we were both like, oh, they'll take one of each of those. Look at the outlook of the position. And then I guess they took Tariq Carpenter in round seven, but yeah. otherwise left those untouched. And now, and what are their two biggest needs this year? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Tight end and safety. <laughs> so, 
they probably, although maybe see they know obviously they know a lot more than, than we do but i gotta think they didn't take a tight end last year yep it wasn't a great tight end class mm-hmm. it really wasn't not compared to this year so they no. must they they know more like i don't look that far ahead in the draft to be honest mm-hmm. i look at i don't have it's not like i don't get paid enough to do that i don't um <laughs> they know they do so they they must have known that next year's tight end class was going to be really why, why take one last year when it was a bunch of guys that might be okay. When you got, like I said, four to there's, there's four, I think, I think four of the top four, the ones everybody talks about. I think each one, every one of them is going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. And one or two might even be great players, but I think they're all going to be good. And then I think there's three or four in the next year that are going to be at least okay. And maybe, and have a chance to be very good, you know? So, this mm-hmm. is a great tight end class. So I think, and, and they know that they, they look ahead. They, they know yeah. what classes are coming up and they know what the, so that's now safety is not a great class. So yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the different opposite side of the spectrum on that one. Anything else to add Mark on running backs? All right, well, yeah, no, we're good with running backs. All right. Um, uh, what do you, what do you got coming out at Packer report here? Well, I've been doing my. I've been doing a draft series. Like I just, we, I read the running back, some of the running back stuff to you. What's up there now is uh, the offensive line, um, which also, which again is a very controversial. Are the Packers taking one? I don't think they're taking one early. I really don't. I know a lot of people think they are. I don't. Um, and I, I write, I say that. And then coming up over the weekend uh, will be the defensive line, which I think the Packers will take one of those because yeah. they only have three with any really. <laughs> They have five on the roster, but two of them are one that haven't never played a snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we're agree. not. Slayton played a He's basically a practice squad guy, but yep, you know, he played a couple snaps. And I, I think it flew under the radar at the end of last season when the defense was playing well. The interior def- defensive line was playing its best football, hands down. Yes. I mean, they had extra guys in coverage, so with lighter fronts, they were holding up better against the run than what they had for most of the season. They were getting more consistent pressure. Like if we look at how can this defense take a step forward this year, there it is. It's get more consistency and I get think overall just better play from that 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 interior defensive rush because when that part of the game is working, there isn't a position on the defensive side of the ball it doesn't benefit. The quickest way to wreck any sort of play in football is quick interior pressure. So I, I absolutely think that that's in play as an early pick. Well, I've, I've always said, you know, the Packers defense goes as Kenny Clark goes. When, when, mm-hmm. when, when Clark's playing great, other guys, he makes other guys. He's like, and that's a, the ultimate compliment. When he, he makes other players better. He made mm-hmm. Dean Lowry a better player for a lot of his years. Or he made um, whoever was next to him. He, he made him better. He makes the linebackers better. So, uh, yep. yeah, and I, 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 again, I don't, we're not talking defensive line yet, but um, I, I, think the, I think Clark, Wyatt, Slayton, isn't a bad three, but you need more. You, I don't. I mean, again, I don't. John Ford didn't get a chance to play at all last yeah. year, so I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Uh, I wish he would have played a little bit so we could we had to see some things. But no. But yeah, getting back to and getting we're getting off subject here. But I do think they'll take a defensive lineman <laughs> somewhere in the first three rounds. <laughs> pretty pretty on pretty on brand for us. So I thought I'd steer yes. us in that direction. What do you uh, have? I mean, you're, for me, you have a million stories coming. So. <laughs> for me over at Packers Wire, that addition uh, uh, of a gadget motion player uh, just came up recently. 
uh, over at Dairyland Express and went position by position and just kind of gave my thoughts from the Packers' perspective on this draft class and where it fits, what their needs are, all that good stuff. And then been doing just some uh, player profiles as well, guys who I think could be Packer fits. So done uh, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, tight end out of Michigan, uh, Rasheed Rice, SMU wide receiver, big fan of his, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver from Tennessee, uh, not necessarily all of them are going to be, you know, first round guys I'm going through, but guys I think are, you know, Packers, Brian Gudikins type guys. So check all that out. I appreciate it. And Mark and I appreciate you for tuning in to today's episode. Jason Perrone will be back next week. But until then, my friends, take care, stay safe. And as always, go Pack Go.